Hello uh, and welcome to this uh, podcast from Medical Humanities. This is Khalid Ali, the screening room editor at Medical Humanities, and I have the pleasure and honor of having with me here Tom Kinnanmont, who is the writer for uh, one of the best films I've seen at the Edinburgh International Film Festival this June, uh, The Carer. Without further ado, I will uh, hand over to Tom to introduce himself and tell us a bit about The Carer. Hi, I'm Tom Kinnanmont. I'm the uh, writer, or co-writer rather, of, of uh, this film, The Carer. I'm also a producer and a director of drama in the UK for more years than I care to remember, uh, beginning with the BBC in 1978, I think, in this very town of Edinburgh. But I've been uh, involved with this film as an associate producer and helping cast, for example, an actor I'd worked with before, uh, Roger Moore, uh, and as a co-writer of the script with uh, Janos Edelienje, the director, and the late Gilbert Adair, a writer whom I hope we'll be able to talk about a bit more, but a, a good friend of mine uh, with whom I uh, produced a film and scripted three others. Uh, I wouldn't like to tell too much about the film. It's about an older actor uh, at the uh, at the ripe age in, uh, at home with the early, uh, early signs of beginning of uh, Parkinson's who needs a carer. Uh, tell me a bit about the origins of the story and why an actor and, and, and how it all started. Well, I think it came really from the Hungarian director, uh, Janos, who uh, loves Shakespeare. And, uh, of course, he feels that, that for the last hundred years, the great Shakespearean actors have all been theatrical knights of the English theatre. Uh, he's a great admirer of many of them. Um, and I think he came up with this idea of what happens when someone of, of that immense theatrical power begins to lose the power, begins to lose their faculties and how difficult it is. I think it's frankly difficult for anyone, but it must be particularly difficult for somebody who has been able to command a huge audience, hold them in the palm of his hand or her hand, I guess, and begins to lose that power. Hiring somebody to care about me. Caring for you. It's not the same thing. We could never hope to pay anyone to care about you. Ooh. You didn't say you were going straight to the Oscars. Is she a Muslim? Oh, don't start that again. Of course she's not a Muslim. The last one was a Muslim. No, she wasn't. She was Russian. She had a burqa. She didn't have a burqa. She had a cold. I'm still not interested. I am taught he's difficult. No, no, mister. That's all right. It's bloody impossible. Ah! Ah! When you've quite finished gawping, would you please be so kind as to get me out of the suffocating rosebush? Films are never written, they're, they're rewritten. Mm. And we must have done 20 drafts of this film. And I think, frankly, uh, given more time, we would have done even more. You're never quite satisfied. Of course, no, but it seems that it, it, it's uh, certainly a, a labour of love over, over the years. But you demonstrate beautifully the the, the, the frailty of old age, and I think as a geriatrician, uh, you demonstrated the, um, the four uh, geriatric giants, the falls, incontinence, immobility, confusion, and perhaps polypharmacy in this older uh, actor. Um, the, the frailty, but as well as the resilience, so, and, and, and the, the wonderful acting of Brian Cox, who brought it to the screen. So tell us about that relationship between you, Janos, the director, and Brian Cox in, in, in bringing to, to, to life this character. 
I'm Scottish, of course, and, and, and Brian Cox is Scottish. Indeed, he's the patron of the, of the Royal Lyceum Theatre here in Edinburgh. He's the patron of the Scottish Youth Theatre, which I used to be chair of for many years. Um, he's just one of these giants of, of the Scottish theatre. Um, and you mentioned resilience, and, and I think that was the key thing for us. We, we, we did not want to make a depressing film about no. an old person going into decline. Um, although we all know that as we age, we do go into decline. We wanted to show someone raging against the dying of the light, as Dylan Thomas would have put it. Um, and Brian, who's not actually very much older than me, he had to age up for the part, but he, he captured that absolutely wonderfully. The grumpiness that comes from not being able to do the things that you want to do, and then the, the, the determination to overcome the problem and do what you can. I think that determination was beautifully summarised in the tagline for the film. Uh, if you want to share that with us. If the question uh, is to be or not to be, there's only one answer. And of course, right at the end of the film, he, he, he gives that answer. Um, it's, it, it, to be or not to be, of course, is the Shakespeare's line from Hamlet. So there's a sort of double issue in there, yeah. double meaning. But uh, th there's quite a lot of Shakespeare in the film because, of mm. course, he's, he's um, memorised great screeds of Shakespeare throughout his career. I worked with a, 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 a wonderful Shakespearean actor called Peter O'Toole, and he too was always quoting Shakespeare. Mm. But then if, you, if you've learned all the great speeches right. of Lear or Hamlet and performed them two or three hundred times, then in, in the, conversation, yeah. every now and again, you pull yeah. one out of the hat because it suits the situation. That's exactly what uh, what Sir Michael does, the Brian Cox character. Um, you again explore uh, some of the um, chronic illnesses and, and chronic afflictions of all the Parkinson's and, 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 and the fear of what's going to happen next, you know, the inevitable decline in physical as well as cognitive uh, abilities as well as another uh, geriatric giants which is incontinence so you showed that uh, sensitively in, 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 in the film. Yes it's, it's actually one of my favorite moments in the film it sounds odd to say that the incontinence scene is one one's favorite moment but it's it, first of all he's of course very very embarrassed about it it's a catastrophe for him uh, but secondly, it gives his carer, the young girl who is actually an aspiring actress, but who has been taken on as his carer uh, and who is uh, quietly winning him over, she has to deal with it. And she deals with it very matter-of-factly and superbly well, uh, and by quoting Shakespeare, uh, which, mm. of course, really appeals to him. Mm. Parkinson's, I think, it, it's it's... It's an affliction a lot of people don't know a great deal about, but uh, a, a, a friend of mine, if I can call him that, a man I've known since the 60s, a comedian, Billy Connolly, is yeah. suffering from Parkinson's at the moment. Mm. I went to see him in London recently, um, and he's having problems with one of his arms, which has a life of its own. And, mm. But he talks about it very amusingly on stage, and he reduced mm. the audience that I was in. Mm. It must have been about 2,000 people. To gales of laughter as he yeah. talked about his Parkinson's, and it's it's mm. extraordinary that um, his resilience is to take the illness and turn it into something yeah. very funny. And then, of course, when the audience is laughing, he says, "Well, I'm glad you find my illness funny." Yes, <laughs> indeed, that that's fine line between 
between understanding through through, through the funny moments rather than mocking them. Um, now the, the interesting uh, relationship between between Sir Michael Gifford, the the Shakespearean actor in the film, and his carer, who's this young Hungarian aspiring film actor. That intergenerational um, uh, interdependency and and what they can learn from each other. That was a prominent theme in the film. Yes, it is, and I, I think. Uh, this young woman's father has has died. He was a an actor manager in in Budapest in our film, and and uh, a big influence on her life. And he's obviously died when she's when she's still very young. And in a way, Sir Michael becomes a substitute father for her. But it's not a it's not a saccharine relationship. It's it's not sentimental. No. Uh, he swears at her all the time, and mm. sometimes. She swears back at him. She did. She did. Uh, <laughs> one of the funniest lines in the film, I think, is when Sir Michael says to her, "My goodness, your English is really coming on," because she's learned how to swear. Um, it's 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 not an abusive relationship. I don't mean to suggest no. that, but it's an honest relationship. They Indeed. they they lose their temper with each other, um, and then they go on. And talking of toilet paper, would you please be so kind as to make sure the paper unrolls over the top of the roller and not from the bottom? I swear you've never mentioned it. I did, you know. No, you didn't. I did too, you Romanian bitch. Hungarian, I'm Hungarian. That brings me to another uh, dimension of the film, which is creativity in all people and how creativity and uh, particularly by, we don't want to tell the story of the whole film, but the, in, in the scene where Sir Michael Gifford uh, plays part of his uh, uh, theatre uh, performance in a nursing home and how that creativity um, helped him uh, cope. Yes, it's interesting. I, I think it's a very moving scene. Now. He, he, it's not my scene. I didn't write it. Shakespeare wrote it. He, he, he plays King Lear. He plays a, a scene out of King Lear. And, of course, when the old man is talking about being confused and losing his powers and you see the audience, mm. all of whom are in that situation indeed. and all of whom identify with it. It's a very moving scene indeed. Mm. I mean, my own uh, mother-in-law today is going into a care home. She's 94 mm. um, and she's had a stroke and she's having difficulties. But the, the, the courage and the determination that's kept her going for 94 years is still quite plainly there and she's by no means ready to give up. And I can see her in that audience as being one of the people who would be affected by what's happening to Leah. And it's interesting to me how often people of that age, they worry about other people. They see people, young or old, they see them having difficulties and they're concerned about them more than they're concerned about themselves. It's, it's very interesting. It, it, it's that part of the film where, where uh, I was intrigued uh, and thought a lot about the, the issues around capacity and, and, and how uh, the family members or even the uh, doctors or the caring professionals who care for an older person can be overprotective and, and rob people of their own uh, part in making decisions about their own lives in terms of going to a nursing home or to a, a care home or day-to-day -day lives. So, so can we touch upon the, the yeah, capacity I, issue? I think that's right. I think we we want to we want to protect people. Mm. You, you, with a young child, you're trying to protect them from making mistakes, and we all know that well. We have to do that. You can be overprotective, and and, and uh, that they don't learn enough about life because they never get exposed to it. I think the same is true with our parents 
when they reach that stage of life. And, and certainly that's the case in the film. The daughter has, she finds her father very difficult, but she has good intentions towards him. She wants to protect him. She wants to protect him from the public, finding out the... the His physical decline. Yes, exactly. This powerful actor who mm. is no longer powerful. And indeed, I, I'm hesitating, wondering whether to... Um, whether to say this, about 20 years ago, um, probably the most famous English theatre actor of the time wanted to do a play I was doing, and his wife asked me not to cast him mm. because he was having problems with Alzheimer's and she felt he could make a fool of himself. He could be exposed to, to the audience and, and, yeah, and, and I, his frailty. Yeah. Exactly, mm. and, and I... Uh, cast another actor. I thought mm. it would be very unkind to you. But I was really keen to work with this actor. He was a legend. Mm, of course. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it, it never happened. And occasionally I tell people I turned down yes. so and so. Yeah. Uh, and they look at me in amazement. Uh, but it, it, he was being protected. And in a way that's exactly what's happening in this film. The daughter wants to protect him. His doctor wants to protect him. Mm -hmm. But in the end maybe he doesn't need to be that protected even if the worst were to happen he would be mm. out there and trying to do it and he needs to do that more than than be wrapped in cotton wool why are you really here i don't know what you mean i'm your carer carer my ass next dorothea horvat says here that you're being tutored by sir michael gifford you've absolutely no chance of making it on the stage here the Critics Guild want to give you a Lifetime Achievement Award. About fucking time. Being an actor is not something you do, it's something you are. I want you out. Out of the house, out of my father's life. My father's very sorry not to be here in person tonight. I want you to go with me to the ceremony. Completely contrary to our expectations, I have a last surprise to announce. I think from, from uh, the healthcare professional's point of view is that we're averse to risk-taking. We, we're worried about people going home, having a fall, uh, harming themselves, and even with some medicines, we can't give them blood-thinning medications, for example, because they might bleed to death. Mm. Uh, so we're, we, we are too concerned or overwhelmed by uh, how to protect older people, and that might actually cause harm in, in the, the long term. No, I think it's very tricky. I, I, mm. I hired a car the other day to put my granddaughter in when I came up to Scotland. I, I had a child seat and the man who gave me the car gave me the child seat and he said, I'm not allowed to fit it, you have to fit it. And I said, why? He said, health and safety. And what that means is they're afraid of making a mistake putting the seat in. Of course, I have no experience of putting the seat in. Much higher chance of making a mistake. But they don't want to take that risk. Exactly. And I think a lot of medical practice must be rather similar do you do something yeah. that's risky yeah. or do you protect everybody, the patient and yourself, I suppose? So if I may move to, to another thing, it's a great and funny and witty film and, and, and full of uh, light-hearted and laugh-out-loud moments. But some of the moments that when I laughed about it, I, I sort of reflected on it. And there's a lot of uh, use of uh, uh, swear language and, 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 and the verbal abuse was quite uh, prominent in the film. So my question is, does does uh, being a creative uh, writer, an author or, or an actor, does that give license to these great artists to to be rude to others? Um, I don't think it, that artists should claim any special privilege, although I suppose many of them do. 
Um, I do think that the older people can be less inhibited in mm. expressing themselves. Uh, actors are often less inhibited. Mm. Um, you know, when I first joined the BBC, I heard more bad language in the first week in the BBC than I'd ever heard on the street. I couldn't quite believe it. But uh, there is a sort of uh, convention of that. Mm. And this particular actor has obviously gone through his life swearing quite a lot. Mm. And now that he's uh, unhappy and frustrated in his physical condition, he yeah. gives vent to it very easily. But it quickly becomes apparent, I think, that it's, mm. not, uh, it's not vicious. No. It's, it's just part of how he behaves. Mm. Um, and you get used to it. And some of it's very funny. Some of it mm. is actually very funny. We've been trying hard to keep the tone quite, I mean, it's a poignant film Indeed about, is, about yes. a tragic condition, but we've tried to make it entertaining and, as, as you mm. kindly said, mm. laugh out loud funny. Mm. Um, and I think that's all that you can do with life, yeah. I think. Yeah. And old people are very good mm. at that too. Mm. They're, they're, they're often um, uh, very ironic about their own circumstances. Indeed they are. And now, who's your target audience? I think this film for me, it, it's an older person's like story, uh, but with the young carers. So who's your target audience? Well, I, I think the audience is older. I think the audience is probably 50 plus. I, mm. I do a lot of theatre work and I travel around the country. Um, and sometimes in the cinema, uh, I feel I'm the oldest person there. Sometimes in the theatre, I feel I'm among the younger people there. So, for people who, who listen to us, where, where can they, uh, when can they be expect, expect to watch this film? Well, the film is is playing the festival circuit at the moment. It's opening in London, I think, in August, the first week in August. I yeah. think August fifth. Um, the the art movie houses generally, but mm. there there are lots of them, and uh, I think uh, you'll find it. At a cinema near you, yeah, as they say, in the autumn. In the autumn. It's a wonderful film, and I do highly recommend it to, to all audience of all ages, I think, but particularly for uh, uh, people caring for, for, for older people, whether that being undergraduate, you know, doctors or medical students or, or uh, allied healthcare professionals working or caring for older people. It's particularly talks to them about that caring relationship and, and, and how challenging and complicated it, it is. Uh, so th thank you very much, Tom Kennenmont, for, for this uh, interview. I, I learned a lot about the background of, of the film that I thoroughly and immensely enjoyed. So thank you very much. Thank you, Carl. Thank, thank you. you.